The Game of Thrones offseason is almost over, but the road to Westeros is just getting started. Here are the two guys who are very much certainly alive. I am Rob Sesternino, and I am back together with Josh Wiggler in person. Josh, how are you? I'm doing well. It's so good to finally be able to tell people that I lived through this thing. Uh, I know a lot of people have been asking because I haven't cut my hair in a long time. Yes. Uh, I've got a lot of questions about that in the off season. It was uncomfortable. Uh, why aren't you shaving your beard? Is that it's your signature look? Yeah. Uh, so here we are. We are back at the Game of Thrones podcasting game, and we're here in person today. And we are getting ready for our seven part series for the seven gods. Yes, seven kingdoms. Maybe seven seasons, seven books if George, if Uncle George gets that far. Yeah, seven podcasts. <laughs> yes. And we're ready to talk about it all here today in part one of The Road to Westeros. Yes, part one of The Road to Westeros. Rob, this is the first time you and I have talked about Game of Thrones since The Throners. Is that right? Yeah. It's been a long while. Yeah, it's been a while. It's, it's been, been a minute. minute. It's been a minute. But here we are, and uh, it feels like we just left off. Uh, yeah, it does. You know, I mean, I haven't been, you know, I, all right. For me, it does because I listened to a bunch of our old podcasts. Yeah. I was flying out to Los Angeles. I'm here in town for the Game of Thrones premiere, uh, to date this podcast a little bit. Uh, so I was, you know, trying to get up to speed as well. And I was just binge listening on the airplane to all of our old stuff. We had a lot of talk about Star Wars on those podcasts. There was a lot of Return of the Jedi talk. Lots of hopes that uh, Theon Greyjoy might Darth Vader somebody. We just got the wrong target. The mm-hmm. Wrong Emperor Stay on Palpatine. target. Yes, stay, stay on target. On target. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, we can maybe see how many Rogue One references we can <laughs> work in to really date us into this time just and place. Just don't edit in the Imperial Alert. It is the worst noise on the planet. You got it. It ruins the trailer. <laughs> okay. It's not good. All right. Well, here we are. Uh, we're going to go through seven different themes based on location in these in the seven part series, we will bring you one per day, taking you all the way to the premiere of Game of Thrones season six. Yeah, we're warming up. We're getting back into this thing. You know, we want to make sure that everybody is on the same page or at least on the same road. Walk this road with Rob and I as we warm back up and get back into Game of Thrones mode. The King's Road. The King's Road. Yes. So we're walking the King's Road. Hopefully there are no bandits, no brotherhood without banners fighting us along the way. No evil Lannister men. Yeah. Who knows? Because we have no fighting skills. <laughs> yeah. And we are in trouble if that occurs. That's right. Yeah. No, we're very craven. Very that, craven. So craven. That's well been established. Well established at this but point. But here we are. But this is this is huge. And as we've done this show over the years, you know, uh, we started this off and uh, you were the biggest Game of Thrones fan that I knew. Uh-huh. And now here you are that you've actually, you are covering Game of Thrones for the Hollywood Reporter, yeah, and you've been writing uh, like a mofo, like every day, like every day <laughs> for yeah. like the last six months. Yes, uh, you've just been churning out all this Game of Thrones. So you you may know more about Game of Thrones season six than any other human being that's, outside of the production. That's absolutely untrue. Uh, I, I probably write like I do, but that's all that's all pretense. All right. You may have yeah. written more uh-huh. about Game of Thrones season six than any other human being on the Definitely planet. Definitely anyone on Pusha recaps. I think certainly I think that would be that would be fair. But yeah, in like October or November, uh, the Hollywood Reporter uh, hired me to be their Game of Thrones quote unquote expert. I think it's the first time I've been declared an expert in anything short of maybe pizza or Judd impressions. 
I think there's probably a few other categories. Uh, Wanda, Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon. Yeah. No, I'm definitely not a Pokemon <laughs> expert. I got railed for uh, for missing Wigglytuff. It's Wigglytuff, not Wigglypuff. Uh, but yeah, so I've been writing for them. Uh, it's been almost a full-time job uh, covering the show for them. It's been really, really fun. Uh, I will be doing a lot of writing here on the on season. Now that we're approaching, I've been doing a lot of like catch up stories. You know, where are these characters? What's happening to this story? Um, just trying to get people to, you know, start refreshing their memories on Thrones. But now we're in the on season. So I'm not only really pumped about the podcast, but I'm really pumped to start doing some really fun Game of Thrones writing. And you also interviewed many of the cast members as well, right? Um, I'm about to, yeah. as of this recording. Uh, as of this recording, you and I actually, Rob, we are going to, you know, we're talking from the past right now. Mm-hmm. The distant past, you know, right. the not too distant past. But you and I are on the eve of seeing the premiere. I'm very excited about this. Yes. But, and really, uh, what a guy, uh, Josh Wiggler, to uh, have me uh, alongside in tow. Yes. Uh, to the uh, Game of Thrones premiere. I'm like the Hound, and you are Arya, and I am just dragging you to uh, the Game of Thrones premiere here in Hollywood. Yeah, I don't know what I... I'm like the annoying sidekick uh-huh. in anything. <laughs> That's what it is. The very few times in my life I've been anybody's plus one. Uh, you can be... Uh, well, you're like a, the Podrick Payne, because you're so into painful podcast is that what is that maybe that's the only way brienne yeah Yeah. the only way you can compare me to podrick uh i don't know i don't want to pry i don't want to i don't want to get too personal yeah not necessary uncomfortable but yeah so we are on the eve of seeing the premiere rob and i that's one of the big reasons why we're recording this early so that all of our hot takes are fresh unspoiled we know nothing john snow unsullied uh but yeah hopefully i'm talking to all the major people on the carpet so ideally those stories already exist go check them out Hollywoodreporter.com slash tag slash game hyphen thrones, I believe. <laughs> well, I'm sure we can come up with a... Uh, we'll shorten that. Yeah. With a quicker link, <laughs> which we can post. Cool. Uh, but that's why we're going to record all of these in one sitting yes. today. We're going to break them up into seven. But by the time you are hearing this, uh, barring any unforeseen events... Yeah, any uh, red weddings, <laughs> any... Right. Yeah. Dragon fire that we happen to walk into. Yes. Okay. Uh, so we will have seen it. If your hard home gets invaded by white walkers in the next few minutes, then maybe we will not have seen it. Yes. Or this home. Yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, if, I thought you were talking to the <laughs> listeners. Uh, you were talking about my house. Yeah, your particular hard home. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, that's what we are doing here today. And uh, we are going to, of course, uh, invite everybody to make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. Uh, we have our Game of Thrones dedicated feed on post-show recaps. Of course, in our post-show recaps main feed, that's where everything, all the different shows we talk about, that is available to you on postshowrecaps.com slash iTunes. But our Game of Thrones exclusive feed, that is available. Go to postshowrecaps.com slash G-O-T iTunes. Uh, you can also uh, find us in any podcatcher. Search for Game of Thrones postshow recap. That's how you find us, especially on iTunes. We do appreciate it, especially at the start of the season. Feedback, star ratings, seven comments, stars, seven stars. The only five that you could give. But, Try to give seven. Yeah, that's if you wanted to give seven, five is the closest that you can give. It helps more and more people find the show. In the comments, just say two extra stars. Yeah, yeah, that's we greatly do appreciate that. Thank you very much, especially yeah. at the start of the season when everybody's looking for Game of Thrones stuff. Post show recaps dot com slash g o t iTunes. Okay, first things up today. So we got to talk about the biggest story going on here in season six. How much Ali is still such yeah. a dude. I was going to say Grey Worm and Masande. <laughs> no, uh, we're not talking about that at all. Okay. Not, at least not for a couple of days. Sure. Okay. Uh, 
the question that's been on everybody's mind since last June. Let's go back to John Snow. Let's go back to John Snow. Let's start the road at the wall. You've been talking about this for literally a year straight now. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of the fate of Jon Snow, we don't know. We're past where the books were. I listened to one of the last podcasts we did back in 2015 about this. I think it was the night of the finale, and we talked about, I said, Josh, so are we at the point where the source material is dried up? And you said, just about that. Will there be the new book before season six airs? You said, I, I, I believe so. I hope so. Yeah, and I did. I yeah. did believe so, and I did hope so. I was wrong. Right. So, Like John Locke, I was wrong. But now that like the whole world, anything is possible at this point, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, the the Winds of Winter, the sixth book in the A Song of Ice and Fire series, that is uh, the basis for Game of Thrones, written by George R. R. Martin. That was, you know, hopefully going to be published ahead of season six. If it was not to be published ahead of season six, then season six would officially be embarking on story material that the readers don't know about. I mean, there's definitely going to be some stuff from the books that's going to make it onto the season, also but mostly minor stuff. And in terms of the major characters, the future is wide, wide open. So the future of Jon Snow, I am as in the dark as anybody. Uh, It's really completely, completely up in the air right now. So based on what we know going into the season, though, I think that we're both in the same camp here of that we do not expect Jon Snow to remain deceased. Correct. I mean, I think it's important to note that Jon Snow is dead. Jon Snow died. You he know, died. His eyes did not change color, despite what some crazy writer might have tried to convince you. Right. You know? <laughs> there is no dumpster that Jon Snow... Oh, it turns out, oh, no. he wasn't dead. Well, they might throw him into a garbage fire or right. something. Like, that might happen, but it would be his corpse. Jon Snow is dead. There's no arguing that. The trailers have made that really clear. Um, the episode description for the first episode, which is called The Red Woman, it says, like, the first line in the three-sentence synopsis is... Jon Snow is dead. So, you know, HBO has been saying it. The actors have been saying it. They've been holding to it. You buy it because it's not a lie if they're saying Jon Snow is dead and they're omitting the part, but he's going to come back. Right. That's where that's where you and I are on the same page. You know, Jon Snow is dead for now. For now. You know, he will be coming back in some capacity. How he comes back. When he comes back, it could be episode nine. Like, it could go a long time. Mm-hmm. But Kit Harrington, who has admitted he's going to be on the show, albeit as a corpse, uh, I did interview Liam Cunningham, who told me, who's the actor who plays Davos Seaworth, who told me that Kit Harrington gives great corpse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he is doing fine corpse acting on the show. We don't know how long he will just be a cold body for. But at some point, that body is going to thaw. And he will be standing up, and he will be kicking butt, and he is going to be okay it is known it's just a question of how and when and why okay so a reanimated john snow do you think w- will he be a different john snow in your mind yeah i think you know that's gonna i mean think about it like if you got stabbed let's say like you know you are told like hey get out of the podcast studio we found like uh you know your old podcast partner who's been missing for so long jenna lewis is downstairs oh, you know? oh let's go downstairs and suddenly you're just getting stabbed with microphones for the watch for the watch for yeah. the bowl for be the bowl. more like bludgeoned with yeah them. exactly and then you died and then somehow some way you came back to life a day later a couple hours later even i feel like that would change your outlook on stuff uh, so I got to imagine this is going to open up Jon Snow's worldview a lot. One of the big theories is that if Jon Snow is to come back after being killed, um, technically his, you know, his loyalty to the Night's Watch doesn't have to stay. 
the the oath that you pledge oh. is until you're deaf. You know, you will you will be part of this thing until you die. Uh, if he's dead and then he comes back, there's nothing in the rule book about that. He could potentially walk away from the Night's Watch and just say, screw you, Alistair Thorne. I'm going to focus on this White Walker problem. I'm going to hang out with the wildlings. I'm going to have the best time in the world. Uh, screw you, man. So that's entirely possible that, you know, Jon Snow's death and possible resurrection could disavow him of the Night's Watch. Do you think that's where it's going? Do you think that Jon Snow is going to come back to life and say, you know what? Screw you guys. Yeah. I'm going home. I'm going home. That's what I would do. <laughs> I mean, these guys just killed him. Uh, or I would like, you know, really revolutionize the Night's Watch. I would be like, you know, I would I would really take a much firmer approach with my dissenters. I would like line all of those guys up and kick them out of the Night's Watch. All the people who had just betrayed me. Anyone who doesn't want to get back on message. I would really grab this thing and command this thing the way that I wanted to. And be like, you don't dis- you disagree with me? You don't agree with my policies? I died and I came back. You want to mess with this? I don't think you do. What about Davos? Is Davos up at the wall still? Uh, Davos is up at the wall and Melisandre is up at the wall. Strange bedfellows. Strange They don't like each other. Not big fans. Not big fans. And Davos doesn't know about Melisandre's role in the death of Shireen. Mm -hmm. You know, doesn't know that she burned this poor little girl alive. Uh, Once that information comes out, you got to imagine that's going to be really ugly between those two. But for now... They are both kind of, you know, they're Ronin. They're masterless warriors who have been serving Stannis Baratheon for so long. Stannis is gone. What do they do? They are up here in the, you know, the total, like, freezing butt of the world with no one to serve, with no apparent cause, with no real purpose, uh, with no real place in the story except for possibly being involved in whatever resurrection happens with Jon. Mm -hmm. So I expect that there's going to be some kind of reluctant team up between the two, and that's what's going to bring Jon back into the business. But don't you feel like that the reason that Jon Snow is going to be resurrected, doesn't it seem like that any sort of politics with the Night's Watch is petty, that it does seem like, though, his mission is to go pick up that battle that we saw in Hardhome and then have him continue to fight the battle against the Whites? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think that this season that we saw in season five with John becoming the Lord Commander and having all this infighting and all of this stuff, which felt really unimportant when you know what the stakes are, when you know we've seen the Night's King, we've seen that guy with arms outstretched saying, come at me, crow. You know, we've seen that meme for about a year now, mm-hmm. uh, and we know that that's the threat. We've known that that's the threat from the very first episode of the very first season. Um, and I think that with John, and anything you know with with the fact that john could be coming back to life like you got to imagine that the night's watch stuff itself is not going to be his number one priority it's like if i'm back here if i'm involved uh i have my priorities i have my eyes fixed further north than the wall and i'm looking at this white walker problem and it's time to do something about it do you feel like that his allies in this battle will be more likely the wildlings than, say, the rest of the people from the Night's Watch? Yeah, I think, I, you know, I think that there could be a bunch of Night's Watch people that are going to be on board with it. I think that the wildlings as well are going to be, you know, very supportive of him. Certainly Tormund Giantsbane and Jon Snow are like... Common enemy. Yeah, BFFs. Those guys love each other. Uh, and all the wildlings that Jon rescued from Hard Home, I think that those people would be on his side. I feel like a lot of people would rally behind Jon. You know, I don't think that the story is even you know set for a guy like ollie who i know we don't like ollie we're not fans of ollie but he killed the you know he delivers the killing blow to john but if he's if he sees that this guy who he did at least at one point respect is suddenly up and walking around he might you know change his tune he might be like okay you know maybe i should hang out with that guy 
Uh, so I feel like mm, I will not forgive him. <laughs> I know you won't. I'm Alan Ollie forever. I know. Forever. I know. We, Endeavor. We did have this tweet from Wes Dorn who said, "R.I.P. Ollie. He better be a direwolf snack by the end of episode one." Yeah. What's the over under on how quickly that guy dies? Because he cannot last. How long? I mean, I don't know how much Game of Thrones is going to get into. You know, killing this kid. Uh-huh. I mean, we had Shireen last season. They've yeah. done it before. But I don't know. My relationship with Ollie is dead, uh-huh. and that will not be resurrected. That will not be resurrected. I don't know how fast the show yeah. is going to kill him. I yeah. just would like to see him sort of exiled away. But I think that, you know, we're talking about John coming back to life as such a certainty. I think that the big there are big reasons why. Um, there's big reasons why, you know, who knows about the how, but the, the why he has to come back. Um, there's certainly, there's a lot of unconfirmed but basically confirmed fan theories out there about Jon Snow and who he is and what his significance in the overall story is. I'll let you seek that out if you want to look that up. Um, But there's, you know, beyond that, it's also just that we know that there is this White Walker conflict coming. Who's really on the wall to be our eyes and ears for that story that's better than Jon Snow? Um, You know, yes, we've killed main characters before. Sean Bean dies in the first season. We kill Rob Stark and Catelyn Stark at the Red Wedding. They are beloved characters, and they are set up to be heroic characters in this story. But in terms of the ultimate conflict between mankind and White Walker, Jon Snow is the action hero. Uh, And you can't kill him. You can't kill him permanently with, you know, two or three seasons left to go in that conflict. So I think that that's really the big reason why he has to come back. It's just unfinished business, and it would play really strangely if he wasn't to return. Anything else at the wall that you want to shine a spotlight on before we wrap up? No, I think that that's it. I mean, I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be really active. It's going to be very interesting. I think that story has to move very fast out of the gate. And the first episode is called The Red Woman. Uh, You know, the first episode is named after Melisandre. A lot of theories that she's going to be, you know, pivotally involved in bringing John back. We've seen red priests resurrect people in the past on the show. Thoros of Mir did that to Beric Dondarrion a couple of times. Um, I think what's going to be, you know, how long does that wall hold? Uh, we know that politically it's really tense right there. It's, you know, it's, uh, you know, the wildlings and the watch. They're really going at it right now. That could really be combustible immediately once the wildlings find out that these guys killed Jon Snow. That could be a really immediate disaster and that could be very bad. But the wall itself, like we know that the White Walkers are marching south. We know that they want to get into Westeros. Do you think that by the end of this season, the wall is still standing? Boy, I didn't think about that. The wall was going to be. Yeah. I kind of feel like that once the wall goes down. That's think, end game material. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of feel like that we will probably battle the whites at the wall. Yeah. But I think that if if we lose the wall, what hope do we have? What but, chance do we have? But don't you think, you know, we talk about Chekhov's gun a ton on this show. Don't you put like a gigantic honking ice wall in Westeros to knock it down at some point? Hmm. So then or at you least feel to like... blow a gigantic hole through the thing. So, I mean, I think that where my mind has always been is that like eventually the dragons will be the solve to right. the White Walker issue. Right. Although, and if that's the case, then I mean, do that you doesn't... need Jon Snow for that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, if well, that it's... is the answer. Right. And it's not mutually exclusive that the dragons could be, you know, the remedy the to cavalry. the White Walker situation, but that could come after the wall comes down. Okay. Um, my hunch is, yeah, I don't know if it happens this season, but I think eventually that wall is coming down. We will see, uh, where that goes. Josh, anything else? No, let's, let's wrap it up. Let's start talking about some other stuff. Let's keep the road moving. Josh, you have a day one hashtag for the road to Westeros? Uh, well, how about in the spirit of this last conversation? How about Chekhov's wall? All right, Chekhov's wall. All right. 
That's what we're talking about. It's uh, Chekhov's Road to Westeros because you don't, if you see a road to Westeros on day one, you know by day seven. It will be walked. Yes. We will, it will be walked. It. Yeah. We are on the road to Westeros. April 24th will be your premiere. We yep. will have live coverage that night and uh, still a little bit in pencil in terms of uh, time and place. We'll figure that out. We'll figure that out. But join us live for premiere coverage. Postshowrecaps.com. You can always subscribe to the podcast as well for Game of Thrones coverage. Postshowrecaps.com slash G-O-T iTunes. Also, we will have your comments available on postshowrecaps.com. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Of course, follow Josh Wiggler on Twitter. Make sure that's a must follow. Is it? Yes. You have to do it. Yes. I'm an optional follow. (laughs) I'm at Rob Sesternino. But for your Game of Thrones coverage, at Round Howard. Uh, that's you'll get podcasts. You'll get all of the stuff that Josh is writing for the Hollywood Reporter. It's gonna be good stuff. Yeah. I, I'm excited. I think it'll be fun. Memes, Sam impressions. Yes, the works. All right, the works. <laughs> At Round Howard, looking forward to uh, day two. Can you give a sneak preview for day two? I think that we're not going to travel too far away from the wall. I think there's still some northerly action to discuss. All right, that's coming up. Talk to you tomorrow.